Hello everyone, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast, produced by the Magnolia Healing Center. I'm your host, Yitz Epstein. In this podcast, we will be delving into topics related to narcissistic abuse, codependency, childhood wounds, childhood trauma, mental illness, and all things narcissism. The purpose of this podcast is to bring widespread awareness and healing to the global epidemic of narcissism and codependency. It is my hopes that with this podcast, we can collectively create an environment of health and healing for you, the individual, and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, we're going to be discussing the importance of self-differentiation in relationships. So self-differentiation is a psychological state of being in which a person is able to maintain their sense of self, identity, thoughts, and emotions when emotionally or physically close with others, particularly with intense or intimate relationships. In this episode, we are going to discuss several different topics related to self-differentiation, particularly related to its role in relationships. We're going to talk about why self-differentiation is so important in our relational health, specifically intimate relationships, and we're going to discuss how to develop self-differentiation so that you can create and maintain and sustain relationships that are not enmeshed or fused or codependent, but rather that are healthy and interdependent. So throughout this episode, I'm going to quote and paraphrase from a fantastic article regarding this topic. The article is labeled Differentiation, the Crucial Relationship Skill You Need by Asael Romanelli, PhD. So he starts with what is differentiation? He says differentiation refers to the process of a person naturally becoming more distinct and specialized as, as they evolve. In other words, becoming more and more of yourself and who you were meant to be. As we evolve, we differentiate not only physically, but also emotionally and psychologically from our family of origin. He says there are two forces that pull us in a different direction in every single relationship. The first is attachment or togetherness. This is the pull to be loved and belong. It is in this polarity, we might choose to minimize our personal preferences or dull our traits in order to be loved by our partner. And then the other trait, which is autonomy and individuality. This is the pull to be yourself. You know, this is who you are, take it or leave it. Another way of saying this would be the deep desire to connect with other people, as well as the deep desire to retain and maintain an independent sense of self that is free and whole. So when someone is poorly differentiated, they usually find themselves in one of these two forces. It's sort of an either or uh, reality, either by myself, right? Either too isolated or too close to another person, uh, let's say enmeshed or codependent. So differentiation is the ability to balance the autonomy and the attachment so it's essentially not an either or. And the more differentiated you become, the more you know who you are, the more authentic you are, the less dependent on others you are for a sense of self, the, the easier it'll be to balance these two forces and the closer that these two forces will become. So essentially, when we are self-differentiated, we're, built, we're able to be connected to our own thoughts, values, and feelings, but we're also able to be close to somebody else, especially when that person is very important and we will not become fused or highly reactive. We'll be able to uh, be ourselves and allow them to be them- themselves and essentially be able to hold space for that person, you know, allow that person to express themselves without needing to correct them or change them and allow, and allow yourself to just be uh, authentic, you know, non-reactive and just simply regulated. So we internalize our level of differentiation from our parents and from our family of origin. Children, usually what they'll do is they'll recreate their parents' level of differentiation or lower, since that essentially is what they know. So sometimes in a family, you'll have one child or several children. What they'll do is they'll be able to individuate out of a family, and this will be due to life circumstances uh, or therapy, or maybe they meet a partner who is highly differentiated, and they'll be able to kind of follow in their way. 
and they'll be able to raise the differentiation level of their family from their family of origin to a higher level of that of, of their parents or their family uh, that they've come from. So now he discusses relationships as crucibles. He says that crucible, which is David Schnark's metaphor for an intimate committed relationship, is essentially a relationship is a hot and visceral place where you constantly rise, you flourish, right? you fail, or you quote unquote die, and you can be reborn. So he says you keep reinventing yourself and, and developing and becoming more and more of who you were meant to be as an individual. A person who is poorly differentiated is very threatened by conflicts and relationships and by intimacy in general because it challenges the safety that they feel at their level of self-differentiation, right? So in order to grow to a higher level of differentiation, you need conflicts. You know, in every developmental stage, you need there to be a sort of a, uh, a scaffold to, to kind of grow up against. So having conflict will allow you to grow. And if you fear the, the conflict and you fear that intimacy, then you're not going to be able to get those challenges and that conflict in order to grow and ultimately self-differentiate more. Relationships are most always going to have conflict, gridlocks, there's going to be emotions, anger, pain, lust, love, desire, growth, creativity. It's, it's oftentimes a fluctuation of all of these. And the only way to really grow is to step inside these crucibles and you know face the unavoidable conflicts that are inside. And through these conflicts, we're going to be forced to get out of our comfort zone and discover who we are. And by resolving the conflicts we have within ourselves and with our partners and the people around us, it brings us closer to who we are, to ourselves, and it allows us to, like I said, grow to our highest potential. Now, many of us see relationship issues and conflicts as, let's say, problems to be solved or things that are getting in the way of intimacy that need to be fixed um, in order to get close. But in reality, it's these very conflicts and the growth that comes from them that brings us more self-awareness, more self-love, and it allows us to become closer to ourselves as well as our partners. So it's this very conflict that actually allows us to grow through them, and then we can ultimately come closer to ourselves and other people as a result. Now, if we see relationships as an opportunity to self-differentiate further and individuate, which is essentially becoming more and more of who you were meant to be, your authentic self, then when you're in this quote-unquote crucible, you're going to appreciate the tension because that is essentially an indication that you're growing. Um, we'll essentially celebrate this, this uh, crucible, this intimate relationship, the conflicts, because we understand we appreciate what it'll do for us, even though it's seemingly threatening to our comfort zone or it's uh, perhaps we have fear surrounding it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So if we see relationships as a place of safety, if we're, we're hoping that we, we, we can get saved from our abandonment, abandonment wounds or, or be protected from our, our authentic self, or we can get something from our partner that'll make us feel better about ourselself, let's say to raise our self-esteem. And what ends up happening is, is that we're going to see the conflict and, and the growth as, as something to be, to be avoided. And ultimately, we're not going to really be using intimate relationships or close relationships as the ability to reach our highest potential and grow. And we're sort of going to miss the point. And, and ultimately, it's going to be a rude awakening because we'll be always disappointed because we'll be entering into a relationship to find joy and peace. But in reality, the joy and peace and, and the, the things we want from intimate relationships come through those conflicts. So now he discusses differentiation and choosing a partner. See, he says we usually have one polarity that we gravitate towards, let's say autonomy or attachment. Alternatively, some people are going to swing between these two, and we tend to choose partners, friends, colleagues, and workplaces with a, with a similar level of self-differentiation as well as the same level of ability to sustain intimacy. 
So the combination of different differentiation preferences will affect the dynamic of the relationship. He says there are, let's say, two partners who default to attachment polarity will end up in a symbiotic relationship. This is where you see codependent or like a, a one super self where both people sort of sacrifice their authentic selves just to keep the relationship alive. And this is this is a highly enmeshed relationship and ultimately it's not uh, self-differentiated uh, both partners are essentially giving up their independence and they see any independence of their own to be a threat to the relationship and and in these relationships there's there's not a whole lot of intimacy because there's not a whole lot of uh, closeness there's not a whole lot of um, conflict which will would allow for, for for growth and and partners in such relationships are oftentimes referred to as living as roommates or almost a parallel universe he then describes two partners who default to autonomy polarity, which what they'll do is they'll create a volatile relationship where both partners are trying to vow uh, for the lead. Uh, there's obviously in this relationship, there's a fear of letting go, of trusting, of allowing the other person to lead, or you know the fear of getting engulfed or smothered, which is oftentimes if you have that fear from childhood of, let's say, a smother mother or a smother parent, uh, then ultimately you're going to fear letting go. You're going to fear that losing your autonomy. And as a result of that, you can't get intimacy as well because it's this balance of autonomy versus uh, versus, uh, versus connection, uh, versus attachment, which allows us to create that intimacy. He then goes on to say that the most common dynamics is where one partner leads towards autonomy and the other towards attachment. He says in many relationships, these dynamics are rigid and fixed. Often though, the partners switch the polarities and take turns taking the lead. And this is where I believe is the most healthy, where both partners technically can lead, but they also can follow and they sort of switch back and forth based on the scenarios or based on what each partner is efficient at. So let's talk about some of the characteristics of a poorly differentiated relationship. First of all, there's going to be a complete avoidance of conflict, symbiosis, right? Where both partners are deep in the togetherness of the polarity and any conflict is going to be avoided at all costs. And again, you cannot get that intimacy because without conflict, you cannot get growth. And without growth, there's no real closeness. The next is constant fighting. He calls this a symbiotic hostile dynamic where both partners are stuck in the autonomy polarity because they're unable to find a way to bridge their differences. The next symptom is going to be cutoffs. This is where family members avoid talking to each other for months, years, or even decades, or children who emigrate as a desperate attempt to reclaim autonomy because they feel unable to do so while in the relationship, sort of a retaliation to try to just disconnect, but ultimately you can't just split off. You have to do the healing work to, again, self-differentiate. And the final symptom is high reactivity. And this is, he says, poorly differentiated couples experience emotional fusion excuse me, in which one partner's feelings spill over and trigger their partner. This creates a dynamic where each partner feels responsible for their partner's feelings. Over time, this makes intimacy a very flooding experience, and as a result, partners avoid sharing their emotions by either growing apart or by constantly fighting, which keeps them both at arm's distance and feeling anger instead of pain. So now let's talk about senses of self. He says there are essentially two ways we can experience ourselves. The first is a reflected sense of self, and the second is a solid sense of self. And I really appreciated the way he describes this because I do feel that many of us are not necessarily aware of who we truly are. The sense of self that we was created in childhood was often one where we had to develop it uh, to survive. And while it allowed us to survive, oftentimes when we try to bring this sense of self into adulthood, uh, we are uh, very fragile, and ultimately it, it turns out becoming almost a false self. So now let's go into details about those two senses of self. First, the reflected sense of self. He says, reflected sense of self is how we all start experiencing ourselves. Our self can be seen as a relational self in which our perceptions of ourself is dependent on the feedback we get from our parents, family of origin, and society. 
He says, as children, we are dependent on our caretaker's feedback to know who we are. The height of the sense of self is in adolescent, where peer pressure is at its peak. When you operate from a reflected sense of self, then you are constantly on the lookout for positive feedback and for other people who love you. You also avoid people who are critical of you. When operating from a reflected sense of self, you become careful when revealing too much of yourself because a partner's feedback can deeply affect your confidence, energy, and zest. And this is where you people uh, you see people who, let's say, lack, lack confidence in who they are, oftentimes because they don't really know who they are and they're highly dependent on other people to tell them who they are or if they're doing okay, if they're enough. And uh, ultimately, uh, this is not necessarily what he calls a solid sense of self. A solid sense of self is a more developed sense of self. Uh, it's, it's knowing who you are. It's knowing your worth, knowing your truths. And regardless of what external feedback you receive, you are comfortable and at peace with this sense of self. Uh, this sense of self requires that you use the prefrontal cortex to remind yourself of who you are, what you believe in, despite criticism and conflict. He says, in relational psychotherapy, self is seen as composed from many different self-states. He says, it's been my experience that while some self-states are reflected, other self-states are solid. He says, it's our life mission to develop more and more solid self-states. So now let's get into intimacy. When it comes to intimacy, like I mentioned, we have to have a solid sense of self. The more we are dependent on people outside of ourself, he calls it other validated intimacy, where you're dependent on your partner to give you validation, the less the intimacy could be had because we're, in essence, we're not really showing up as our authentic, what he calls a self-validated intimacy. We're not really showing up as we are. We are, uh, in essence, fragmented or just, in essence, living out of a deceptive, almost false self. So he says, why do we want to increase differentiation? You always have the choice to raise your level of differentiation, but why should you? He says, raising your level of differentiation can help improve your life in many ways. The first is personal relational freedom. You will feel freer and more authentic in your relationship. You'll also develop the ability to live through different self-states in your life, which is the essence of play. The next is it enriches your intimate relationships. Raising differentiation will help your relationship be more open and accepting of all your different self-states. You'll be able to enjoy the relationship where you can come as you are, and even your shadow parts are welcome. The next, it aids in your children's psychological and emotional health. Since you model your level of differentiation for your children, by raising your own differentiation, you give them a more evolved starting point from which to begin their relational journeys in life. Next, improving your social and professional relational settings. So since you attract others who are at the same level of self-differentiation, by raising your differentiation, you begin to attract more mature, regulated, and authentic people and groups. Additionally, you can only help others raise their level of differentiation to your own level of self-differentiation. So by raising your own differentiation, you can better serve your colleagues, clients, and friends. And he finishes off this wonderful article with how to raise your level of differentiation. So here are the four points of balance that can help you achieve differentiation. The first is maintain a flexible, solid sense of self. He says, know thyself, be connected to who you are, know your strengths and weaknesses, own your shit, stop suppressing, denying, or dissociating parts of yourself that you don't like, be familiar and comfortable with the different self states, both positive and negative. Suggest number two is to remain grounded when you're responding. Your ability to stay grounded and calm, even when your partner is triggered, anxious, or emotionally flooded, will support you in staying in the relationship without exploding, stonewalling, or enacting the holy trinity of blocking. By raising differentiation, you can let it land. You really hear and internalize your partner's criticism, frustration, loneliness, despair, and more without becoming flooded or reactive in time. This will enable both of you to be more 
open. The next is keep a quiet mind and a calm heart. Your ability to self-soothe and regulate yourself is so important. You can, you can achieve this through mindfulness, meditation, or therapy. Verbalizing your feelings often has a regulating effect as well. And the final tip, engage in meaningful endurance. He says, choose to believe that committed long-term relationships are people-growing mechanisms. Choose to understand that in order to be alive and authentic with another person is a visceral crucible full of unlovable, I'm sorry, unavoidable ruptures and repairs. Trust that all those fights, misunderstandings, aggressions, despair, love, admiration, highs and lows are all part of the journey towards greater differentiation. And he finishes off with the only way around is through. For me, raising differentiation is a life goal, a beacon guiding me to be more of myself while being close to others in this world. I can attest that my ability to differentiate has helped me navigate my marriage successfully during the crisis. He's talking about COVID. And I believe differentiation can help you develop towards personal and relational freedom even when you are quarantined at home. And that ends his article. So now I'm going to add some of my own points on this topic. I can't even count how many times I've been approached by couples, by individuals who are suffering in a fused, enmeshed, combative relationship, playing out their childhood wounds with each other, and ultimately very confused as to what to do. And in many cases, the love and the intimacy is is desired. It's a true love, but the pain that's being inflicted on each, each partner is really making things almost impossible to continue the relationship. So the way I see it is that in this instance, both partners are essentially replaying childhood traumas and carrying habits of fear and survival into the relationship with each other. Uh, in essence, they're both relying on each other to get what was not gotten early on. This is where we have wounds of childhood and we enter into our intimate relationships and our wounds of childhood start to rear their ugly head and uh, we start to expect or hope or even manipulate our partners to get those needs met. So in these cases, the relationship lacks, like we mentioned, self-differentiation that is needed in order to have an interdependent and healthy relationship. So each partner is showing up with a sense of self that is not fully their true self. They are not whole. In essence, they are wounded and they're fragmented. So in each case, each partner has to, really wants to go inward and do the healing work to discover who they truly are, to break up with old identities and with their family of origin, their paradigms, and truly develop a healthy and differentiative sense of self and learn how to nurture that sense of self by yourself. And really, when you do that, you are able to show up to a relationship with another person, to a committed relationship with your partner, and you can really give them from a place of wholeness as opposed to give them with a sort of covert contract to get your unmet childhood needs met. And when you do this type of work, most usually it has to happen outside of a committed relationship so you partners can focus on themselves and heal independently of each other so you can really truly get to know yourself outside of those identities that you've built in the relationship. Now, that being said, partners who are enmeshed and lack that self-differentiation can do it together. And oftentimes by doing it together, it can be really powerful, what I call a healing relationship. Now, it can be very difficult to find yourself in a relationship like this and, uh, and, and integrate the child self when you are highly fused or enmeshed and attached to a partner and trying to get the things from them or when you have these patterns of relating that are just highly uh, highly uh, wired in your psyche. So that being said, it is so vital to, in order to create interdependent relationships, we have to develop a sense of, a solid sense of self where you get to really know who you are with almost nobody around. You know, who are you if you are alone on an island and get to know that person, get to love that person, know how to nurture that person. So when you show up to a relationship with a partner, you are able to 
Teach that person who you are and what you need for them to be able to love you. Because if you don't know who you are and you don't know how to love yourself, how could you really teach somebody else to love you? And really by teaching somebody else how to love us, because like I said, we already know how to do that, that creates the intimacy. And ultimately by having a sense of self, you won't be rocked and shaken by every conflict or by everything that doesn't go right, but you'll actually be able to self-differentiate even more, which allows you to, like I said, uh, have more fulfillment, more feelings of closeness to yourself and your partner. So I'm going to finish off this episode with a tip. Now, this is more of a dating tip, but I would say that even if you're in a relationship and you're trying to individuate, this is part of what has helped me on my healing journey to really self-differentiate, develop that solid sense of self and allow myself to have those fulfilling intimate relationships. And it goes like this, you know, the best way to identify if you are ready for a long-term committed intimate relationship is if you can imagine yourself being alone for the rest of your life and then not scare you or freak you out. So a lot of us are entering into relationships because we fear being alone or we fear being abandoned or we feel fear that we you know, won't be able to take care of ourselves. And this is simply the wrong consciousness to enter into a relationship because if we are entering in that space, we are inevitably going to enmesh. We're going to have expectations of our partners to soothe those wounds. And when they're not around, we're just left the way we were before the relationship. And there's just a lot of pressure that it puts on the intimacy, which creates a lot of barriers to closeness. So the way I see it is do what you can to be okay by yourself. That doesn't mean you will be forever by yourself, but just let go of those fears, work through them, and just learn how to live a life that is not codependent and not needy of other people and that really allows you to go with the flow follow your higher self in the direction of your dreams of your goals of your growth and the way i see it is if you do that and the universe the higher power source will bring the person the people you need to continue your growth because the way i see it growth is the most important thing in life it's not who you find to grow with but it's how you grow with them if somebody is with you and you're growing in a healthy way the way I see it, that's a healthy relationship and that's something you want to continue with. But if somebody's holding you back and somebody's enmeshed with you, oftentimes we have to let that person go because they're not really allowing us to grow. And and, and as much love as is there, love itself is not enough to keep a relationship together. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's the growth that happens through the conflicts of our differences and coming together and, and making peace with those differences and growing through conflict, which really brings us closer to ourselves and to others. So if you are struggling in this way, you are, again, you're most certainly not alone. This is something that I struggled with for, for so long, and my wounds of childhood most certainly were causing me to enmesh with people, situations, uh, groups, just because I simply did not know who I was, so I did not know how to ask for what I need, and ultimately I wasn't able to identify if something was good or not for me. Attracted all sorts of chaos, narcissistic perpetrators, and ultimately I was not able to feel at peace and whole within myself, and... The way I see it is such, such extremely important work to do, even if you are in a relationship. You know, if you're not in a relationship, obviously do that before you get into one. But if you're not, if you are already in a relationship, it's not too late to do this work. So you can really create intimacy with your partner and with the people around you that enhances your life. So if you are interested in working with me on this healing journey to self-differentiation, please allow me to do so. It'd be an honor to work with you directly. If you are interested, please reach out to me at Yitz. Y-I-T-Z, magnoliahealingcenter.com. You can reach me by phone, 818-210-6049. I want to thank you all so much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, all the best. <laughs>